0: In my experience, your body is the most psychic instrument you have. And as soon as you can start to feel how your body communicates, because it's not in words, the body doesn't have words, but once you understand that language, you have access to your deepest intuition.
1: Welcome to the Healer Dealer Podcast. This is an invitation to be inspired, get curious, expand and empower your own gifts through conversations with the modern healers of our time. The only way to heal ourselves is to deal with it. I'm your healer-dealer, Diana Zalicki. So excited you're here. Let's get started. Hashtag very Aries. Don't have tremendous amount of patience for that, I'm, clearly.
0: Yeah, I'm well aware.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, you're married to an Aries.
0: Yeah, girl. And you know, I'm, I mean, I've got an Aries stellium. What? Yeah, I've got like my rising Mars, Venus, Black Moon Lilith, Aries. I have like. Are you serious? Oh yeah, so okay, I'm like gosh. I'm like an honorary Aries. You are. And really when people are. meet me, and when people meet me, they either think I'm an Aries or a Scorpio.
1: Oh, I definitely when I met you, I thought that you were um, Scorpio vibes. Yeah. I, I I definitely was like, I, I, but it's like I knew Aquarius, so I thought maybe like you were a Scorpio with like Aquarius rising. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And or like a freaking Scorpio moon
0: totally. It's like
1: intrigued but I'm a little scared yeah Um, but that's interesting my Mars is in Aries
0: okay there you go so my yeah. Mars is in Aries too
1: oh let's see what other but I feel like some of my chart I really it like contradicts each other because people meet me and then I'm like they're like whoa like boss lady, center of attention but it's like moon and cancer
0: so Taurus emotional and
1: Venus like
0: you so know, physical
1: yeah like what was it oh Okay, so we're gonna do we're gonna do fire rapid to see your comparison of, of our different planets. Okay. Okay. All right. My sun is Aries. you Aquarius. Aquarius sun. My moon is in Cancer.
0: Capricorn. So our moons are totally polar.
1: Ooh. Do you
0: know what degree your moon is at?
1: It is fourteen.
0: Ah, uh, I'm at eight. Ah.
1: Oh okay and my
0: favorite astrologer and orderly she says you look at the degrees and that's how old that planet is so you have a 14 year old moon which means that your needs are like the needs of a 14 year old so like the way that you get your heart needs met or think of like what would a 14 year old girl like
1: oh my god i didn't i did not know that
0: but my moon's eight so my moon's a little more immature so
1: i'm i'm wiser you are a little bit i can guide you this is this is something I, i do find fascinating about astrology is like it really is like another language
0: it's a totally another because, language Because
1: like i love i follow mystic medusa a lot and i love her interpretation of what's going on it's like very brilliant and then the way that you explain it is very different everybody has a different interpretation and take on it
0: totally um
1: which is very inspiring to me because it's like no not one way to yeah. interpret it but like i didn't know that that's fascinating okay so let's keep going because it's very interesting okay mercury and pisces
0: mercury and aquarius
1: Ooh, how old is yours
0: my mercury is actually 24 years old and it's in the 12th house so Ooh. my son and mercury are in aquarius but in the 12th house which is the pisces house it's the oh. house of spirit
1: okay so my mercury is in pisces 28 degrees mm. and it is um okay i forgot the symbol already for Mercury, it looks like a little like it should be an Aries planet the way that it's shaped. yeah it's, oh, it's got the like little house.
0: horns oh in the sixth house it's
1: like really close to my sun got it um, okay Venus and Taurus four degrees
0: Venus in uh, Aries. I think at 11 degrees.
1: Oh, what house is yours in? First house. Oh, mine's in the seventh house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,
0: oh, Venus in the seventh house. I have
1: Venus and Mars in the seventh house.
0: That's cool. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, you know, the seventh house is the Libra house, so it's all about one-on-one relationships.
1: Yes. So, so I've been told that I do really well at relationships. Yeah,
0: you're a relationship person for I sure.
1: I really am. Okay, what about, okay, Mars and Aries.
0: Mars and Aries. What
1: degrees is yours?
0: I think he is seven degrees.
1: <laughs> okay, What what's okay mine is um 19 degrees
0: 19 degrees
1: so i'm a fired up yeah you're fired fired up 19 year old 19 year old corny (laughs) um jupiter and sag
0: Jupiter and Aquarius.
1: And okay, what degrees is yours? Oh,
0: that's interesting. So you've got Jupiter and Sag, which is in its exaltation. It loves to be in Sag. And you've got Mars and Aries, and it also loves to be in its exaltation. And you've got Venus and Taurus. Mm -hmm. You have a lot of planets happy in, like, they are where they want to be. Totally.
1: Well, in my third house, I have, what do I have in my third house? I have Uranus.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: I have Neptune. Oh, wow. And I have Jupiter all in the third house.
0: Wow. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, all in Sagittarius? Mm-hmm. Wow. And that's the house of communication, the yes. third house. So you yes. have to be communicating all these things that you're learning, which is probably a good thing that you have a podcast. Oh, totally. <laughs> I can I'm see like, why Spirit's been dogging you it's, for it's two a, years. It's totally
1: Spirit's like, you better do this because it's like I know. And honestly, like, people, like, I, I was about to, like, put terms on what I was going to say, but I'm just going to own it. People do listen to me. Like, even in the grocery store, somebody's, like, d- deciding what thing to get. I don't know them. I'm like, oh, get that one. That one's the good one. And they, like, listen to me. But I, I actually that. mean it like highest good. Like that is the best one. Um, that's well,
0: you know what they say Venus and Taurus is that's all about taste.
1: Oh, yes, I have good taste.
0: Venus and Taurus always has the best taste.
1: Oh, it's bad. But it's interesting because I know that um, it's so funny we're talking about astrology because this wasn't my intention, but I'm just, we're just really with it. It's hard not It's interesting because my Mars in Aries and just like placement of it's in that Virgo house and everything that. It's like I can get into like athlete warrior, but then my moon and cancer can totally undermine it. Like, let's eat our feelings. Totally. It's very interesting.
0: But you know, that sixth house is the day to day house. So oh. the most important thing is to do it every day to create the routine. Yes. And if you can create the routine, then let the cancer, then it's okay to eat your feelings. So long as totally. you're like, tomorrow I'm still going back to the gym. You know totally. what I mean? It's like, it's that balance. Oh,
1: gosh. That's what I say. I'm like, hey, green kale,
0: breakfast,
1: <laughs> a little burger, a totally. Okay. I just, this is fun. Okay. What is your, um, Saturn in?
0: Uh, Saturn in Scorpio. Me
1: too.
0: Oh. What house is yours in? The eighth house. Mine's in the first house. Oh my gosh. Very interesting.
1: Mm-hmm. And I also have Pluto in the first house.
0: Wow, because you also have Pluto in Scorpio.
1: I have actually Pluto in Libra. Mm. It's like right on the edge. Pluto's like right. It's like right there.
0: What year were you born?
1: Eighty three.
0: Okay, that's why I'm eighty five. So you know Saturn is Saturn and Pluto move so slowly. God. Oh my so. god! I said that was very <laughs> <laughs> that was yes, But I think it's because I have. Because I have Saturn and Pluto in Scorpio in the eighth house is okay. where people are like, do you have, like, are you Scorpio? And I'm like, no, but I have, I have those it's planets It's interesting because
1: when I've done research, it's like, it's made me feel better when I have tried to understand it more like, oh, I have Saturn and Pluto in my first house. So it's like, fuck. Like I can. That's re- a hard
0: placement. Yeah.
1: I can rebirth like really fucking quick.
0: But you're also really hard on yourself.
1: Oh, like painful, like, Painfully yeah. Painfully so. Very, yeah. very hard on myself.
0: Because um, the first house, it's the Aries house. It's the house of I am. Mm-hmm. But to have Saturn there and, you know, Saturn. It has a bad reputation because they talk about Saturn as the planet of your greatest responsibilities and limitations, but really Saturn's trying to get you on your soul's purpose. Totally. And it's about sacred contracts. Like, what are you really here to do? So
1: I've been told that because it's in the first house, it actually is like friendly with me.
0: Ah, good.
1: Maybe. Okay. That was like really like... No, oh,
0: I'm, g- no I'm glad that that's your experience. You know, Most people I know with Saturn in the first house have a uh, almost relentless inner critic.
1: Um, I would say... I guess I could relate to that. Because, I mean, I definitely use that energy. Like, I mean, I have probably... When I want to do something, I have more drive than the average five people put together. Yeah, I believe that. Like, it can, I can exhaust myself in that way. Like, I like if somebody pisses me off, I can use... I will manipulate that energy for myself. So I'm almost in, like, competition with myself. It's kind of funny.
0: That's interesting. And it's
1: interesting with the placement. One thing I've learned and just my own truth and getting more connected with my own chart is... Anything that I'm idealizing, um, I can't speak proper words, um, or anything that I'm wanting to be the best of, it's not in comparison ever with anybody else. Only with it's always yourself. my highest vision of myself. Mm. So it's like, it's interesting. It's like even in like workout classes or other people doing creative projects, I'm always in like a pure, sincere state of appreciation, beauty. I like that. I want that, 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 that. but it's not against them. It's for myself. It's very, it's very interesting.
0: That's great though, that you are only competing with yourself and not with other people. Oh
1: no, I like CB, I like comp, it's interesting. I think also being a photographer, it's like I, you know, talking, like I see beauty all around me all the Mm. time. I've been the weirdo complimenting uh, women on like, oh, you have a great collarbone like oh like i'm constantly like i see beauty like everywhere and
0: that's your libra rising
1: oh completely
0: your libra rising Mm -hmm. and your venus and taurus Mm -hmm. that's all about beauty
1: oh totally and
0: the spiritual value of beauty because where's your neptune your neptune's in sag
1: um let me let me look now my neptune is in sag right
0: it's part of that big cluster
1: yeah it's in the third house there and then what's interesting is where's your true node
0: Oh, my North Node?
1: Oh, yeah, your North Node. Wait, is that the same thing true in North? Yeah. Yeah,
0: okay. Uh, it's in Taurus.
1: Okay, mine's in Gemini. Hmm. And it's like teetering like last degree in the ninth house. Hmm. And, um, oh, I listened to, okay, so now we're going to flip back, get, get focused on. So I loved your last episode on your podcast, which is called
0: The Spiritual Gaze. Okay, so
1: for everybody listening, I have Brandon Alter here. Did I say your name properly? Yes, you did. Okay, and you are m- so many things. And one of those things that you do is you have a podcast with your husband, Angel. Yes. And just for our listeners, before we dive deep into all things, I don't even know where we're going Wherever about we're it, diving there, into. Wherever we're guided to, because I was not intending on talking anything astrology related. and We just went there. Their podcast is so honest and Fun and bright, and also informative in a way that everybody can connect to, and really give permission to hold space for your inner truth and also have fun while doing
0: it. Thank you. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's
1: what I got from it. I, it's just really delightful. And the well, two of you together. We
0: really enjoy doing it. It's very fun to partner with your partner on something. How
1: did that begin? How did that start? To do, this pod, to do the podcast.
0: It's such a good question. Give me a second because I don't entirely remember. Was
1: it your idea? Were you like in Peru and you were hiking? You were like, oh, we should talk about this.
0: I think it was Angel's idea.
1: Yeah, probably because he's Aries. To number. be totally
0: yeah. honest with you, I think it was his idea. Yeah, I think it was his idea. I can't really remember the inception of it. Uh-huh. It's one of those things where... Even though we haven't even been doing it for a full year, it kind of feels like we've always been doing it. Like oh, it we just, totally we, just we just like, like slid right into it.
1: Yeah, it's so meant to be. So And I love um, that you guys are a couple that are doing this and that you are I feel like you're really taking some things that people could get really bogged down and serious about and making it lighter and more fun. It's like give me a break. It's well, like that's, too much oh, okay. Yeah. It's like, ugh, come on, there's a lot of stuff going on. Totally. Like, why
0: can't we have fun doing Yeah, and I, you know, I tend towards the serious. I have a Capricorn moon. I can take things really seriously, and I have found that in terms of spiritual practice, the more playful you can be, the better. Because when you get serious, is like when your ego gets really involved, and when your ego gets really involved, the walls close in on you. Totally. It's like there's no way out. Yeah. So if you can start to be playful, if you can laugh, especially at yourself, then all of a sudden, that's when spirit can kind of enter in. And so we kind of felt like through you know, our our couple of decades on this planet exploring different spiritual practices that just like, it's very, it's not that way anymore, but it was very inaccessible. Like the wall was very high and people were kind of keeping their spiritual secrets to themselves instead of sharing it. Totally. And so the goal of the podcast was really just to like pull back the curtain and expose everything and make it totally available and super accessible.
1: And I think also too, you know, being a gay couple, I think it's really great to share that experience being a gay couple and being spiritual. Hmm. Because I feel like I'm not hearing that conversation a lot. I feel like a lot of conversations is just about people being spiritual, but like maybe, I I just think with culturally, collectively, with everybody understanding we're all the same, but still identifying with different things. I think it's nice too to give like a space that somebody who maybe like, like okay i'm you know we don't know where they live but maybe they're just coming you know they're they're gay and they're like i'm a spiritual person too but i'm not finding anything that is like supportive i want to find my tribe that feels supportive within my you know lifestyle i mean who knows
0: i think it's great
1: to have that space too
0: yeah absolutely i
1: don't really hear that yeah You know?
0: It's funny, you know, a couple years ago, because I've always grown up, you know, I grew up with lots of strong women in my life, and I love women. And it was maybe around my mid-20s when I realized I only had girlfriends. I looked around, and I was like, I have no, like, male friends. And so I said, I need some gay friends. I was like, I need to call in some gay male friends. And then I kind of blinked my eyes, and, you know, I looked around, and I was like, oh my gosh, I have all these great gay male friends. But then I went, you know, I need spiritual gay men like I had to get even more specific I had to refine the wish and then I kind of like blinked my eyes again and now all of a sudden I'm surrounded with all of these really beautiful spiritual gay men because for me to be able to have these sorts of conversations with people that just have that inherent understanding the same way you probably feel with some of your girlfriends you know it's like when you have these similar experiences yeah It just helps to deepen whatever the practice is. I think
1: that too, and also, like, I don't, I mean, I I feel like this is totally my own projection, but like, I feel like sometimes collectively, because everybody is wanting to, because we all are connected and we all are one, but also within that, people still want support for their own identities with whatever they identify with. So I think sometimes in people searching for their individual tribe within the collective, they're almost being told like, no, we're all one. Still, even though they may want to relate more with what they identify with. Does that make sense?
0: Oh, yeah. I think it goes to the need that each and every one of us have to be fully seen as we are.
1: Absolutely.
0: And I think it's just easier for me to feel seen in front of like some of my gay male friends because A, there's like no translation that has to happen. Like, I used to have an amazing therapist, and she was a woman, and now I have a gay male therapist, and I just realized in hindsight how much translation I was doing for her. Like, I had to, like, kind totally. of translate, because, mm-hmm. you know, she doesn't know about gay sex. I mean, she, yeah. I'm sure she knows about yeah. it, but it's different than now in the presence of, like, a gay therapist, and there's just a shorthand that well, can Well, I
1: totally—it's like, I'm—like, I find myself—it's so funny— like sometimes if someone's under, I'm like, oh, thank God they're gay. Like I feel like way more comfortable. I feel totally. like it just shows to me how that, you know, we talk about patriarchy and matriarchal societies and all this, it really shows me personally how women's positioning and how we should act with men and this and that has been ingrained in me at such a subconscious level that I think I'm being completely authentically myself, but I actually refine that a bit so then I am quote unquote more desirable to the opposite sex. Totally. Whereas when I'm with anybody that's, I don't, like, I compl- like, it's, it's a very interesting observation.
0: It's a modulation,
1: it, it's really fascinating. So I, I can, like, I can totally get what you're saying with that. Uh, and we just, all do it. Yeah.
0: I mean, I definitely more and more I'm trying not to do this but I definitely notice a sheen or like some sort of layer that goes over me when I'm in the presence of the patriarchy or like if I'm just around a bunch of straight guys or Mm -hmm. even women that have a lot of like divine masculine energy Mm -hmm. all of a sudden like this other survival piece of me presents itself you know because for me the patriarchy is who was like you know bullying me and making me feel less than you know Mm -hmm. the patriarchy was part of my big arch nemesis growing up as a genderqueer gay man you know in southern California so now it's about for me healing my relationship with masculine energy
1: okay so to that point as far as healing that part of yourself and you guys just talked about this recently but when this podcast comes out it'll be a little bit later you guys went over um, in a recent podcast about Chiron Chiron the wounded healer yeah and so what you're sharing right now would you connect that with your wounded healer
0: well absolutely yeah I mean so chiron as the planet of the wounded healer wherever it appears in your chart can give you some insight into like what are some of your deepest wounds and for me chiron exists in gemini which is all about communication and uh it's in the second house which is the house of taurus so it's about like value essentially and i think yeah for me a lot of my greatest wounding was a not was around not being seen or received as i truly am It was a lot of people like seeing my light, but wanting to manipulate that light into a container that was more appropriate, Mm. as opposed to me now learning how to just shine my light in whatever container I feel compelled to. And if people don't receive it, then they don't receive it. That's not my problem.
1: Speaking of shining your light out there, you do shine your light in many different forms of, I'd say, creativity and healing. Mm -hmm. So outside of um, your podcast, Spiritual Gaze, you also are a shaman. You do tarot, ter- I, I combine tarot and oracle, yeah. tarot, actually, is that a good kind of word? Not, that's not bad. Tarot, um, reader, and um, you also, how we met, you are a Pilates instructor and also yoga instructor as yes, well. Yes, that's true. Um, one thing that I love in your classes is I love the connection that you are constantly giving to everybody on a subconscious level of being connected to your heart to your head to your body and how like our body is speaking to us and it's almost like its own it's like we are our body but also our bodies are its own thing too and and how to communicate better with that yeah can you talk a little bit about that about being in our heart and head and our connection with our body that's a freddie mercury
0: i would love to talk about that yes so I have been teaching Pilates for a really long time, and I've gone through many periods of getting sick of it, and yet I still continue to teach it, and I think the reason why I keep coming back to Pilates is because the body is not besides the point, point. and that is something that a lot of spiritual traditions disagree with. It's not about the body. It's about the spirit, but I go, well, if it's not about the body, why are we here in form in the first place? and in the tarot the card that kind of speaks to the imprisonment of the body is the devil right the devil is like your addictions and your shadow and and too much you know like too much food and too much sex and too much alcohol or what have you but if the physical body is in some way this prison for the spirit i also think that then the physical body is the exit out so Pilates, Yeah, it's a physical practice. It's fitness, but I don't give a fuck about fitness. What I give a fuck about is spending time learning your body because in my experience, your body is the most psychic instrument you have. And as soon as you can start to feel how your body communicates, because it's not in words, the body doesn't have words. But once you understand that language, you have access to your deepest intuition because the mind lies the body never lies it can't it doesn't know how
1: okay but to that point when do you think you know because i think a lot about resistance we have when let's say we're starting something new or not even something new like for example for i'll use myself as an example you know i like to work out a lot i work out maybe like five to six times a week um, and, like, right now, specifically, which I totally blame on, like, Moon and Taurus or whatever. But, like, I feel tired. And, like, my body... It's, like, I've been doing a lot of hit workouts. And then sometimes I, I... And I feel like a lot of people can relate to this. Sometimes I'm, like, you know, I never regret a workout. Afterwards I feel great. But my body is, like, man, we're, like, tired of doing, like, weight stuff. We want to be, like, doing some more yin things, more, like, yoga. And I think sometimes a lot of people have a hard time differentiating when we need to like push through our body versus listening and then at what point are you kind of like wimping out on yourself and what point do you actually need to push through because your body's needing it and it's just just shifting
0: yeah totally i mean you have to know yourself right yeah so i'd say if you feel lethargic generally a little bit of activity will get you out of that lethargic state but if five or ten minutes into your workout and your body's like no 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 like what i really need is a bath and a nap then that's about listening to your body
1: i have been really embracing i mean i think it's very like hashtag very aries i'll be like all or nothing i'm like all in or like nothing yeah is i try to tell myself when i feel that way listening to my body is like active rest so like find my body i'm like just do something that's like you know like 20 minute walk around the neighborhood yeah. Just do a little like restorative you know, yoga. Restorative, yeah.
0: So just when I talk moving. about being in your body, mm-hmm. it doesn't—I don't mean working out all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean Pilates definitely has a reputation of being fitness oriented. But if you come and take my yoga class, <laughs> and I laugh because I—I almost hesitate to even call it yoga at this point because while we do the forms, like we—you know—we do downward dog and we do warrior one. What we're really doing is having a a spiritual experience with the body and the heart and the soul. It's—it's it's not traditional yoga. It's kind of my own thing that I just you know make what up. What do you
1: want to call it? I feel like you want to call it something else.
0: Well. Well, I had my friend Danielle she said this is shamanic movement and I went oh that's Wait a minute. that's what interesting that your
1: last name altered yoga
0: altered yoga yeah
1: shaman altered yoga yeah. altered movement yeah you've been altered
0: well i think that's actually really interesting too i think that we're given everything we need in order to like unlock who we're supposed to be and the more i look at my name brandon craig alter and the more i live my life the more i'm like oh yeah like i i am a facilitator of altered states like when you come and take my pilates class the thing that i'm really doing is holding space to shift you just into a different place that you usually get to live in it's not something i'm talking about it's not like explicit but that's what i'm trying to do when you come and take my yoga class or even when you come to me for healing or a reading it's it's about entering into some sort of altered state where you can be more in contact with the things that really matter um so i'm like oh yeah my last name is alter like it was there from the beginning isn't that wild
1: i i well no because it just makes sense of course and then i
0: I also think like you know alter you know not a l t e r which is how my name is spelled but alter like what do we you know an alt. my teacher says i love this An alter is anywhere you put your attention
1: Oh, that's great.
0: And I love the idea that, like, I move through the world and I am an altar. Like, I'm just a moving altar in the world.
1: Yes. So let's talk a little bit more about um, heart connection, speaking to the body. Yes.
0: Okay. So we live particularly us like western people, we live in our heads. Our whole life happens in our head. And particularly with technology, we're even more in our heads because what's happening in your screen is literally just a mental thing. Even when you like see a cute puppy and you go, oh, it's not your heart. That's still your head. And so we need to learn or relearn, remember how to get back down into the heart. So even when I teach meditation, I say, don't think about it as meditating Think about it as sitting in your heart. Take your consciousness from out of your head where it is probably 99.9% of the time, unless you have a meditative practice or you're, you know, maybe a triple earth sign and bring it down into your heart. Or I do this in class sometimes too, bring it down into your pelvis. Like what is it like to close your eyes and to breathe and to experience your body from the position of being down at like the root of your spine as opposed to experiencing your body from like being up in your skull? And, you know, this is how we start to tune into the wisdom that's available to us because the mind can only do so much. And then the heart, the heart is everything, you know. When we can get into our hearts is when we have access to our innate truth and our unique purpose. But until we get into the heart, it's all just an idea, it's all just a goal. It's some sort of manufactured fabrication of the ego to get you where you think you're supposed to go. But the heart has crazy logic, meaning that the heart gives you things to do and you go, How is that going to help me? I don't understand. But then it always does because the heart isn't living in ordinary reality. And interestingly enough, you know, the heart is the only. I guess we could call it an organ that exists in both physical reality and non-physical reality, right? Because there's the heart chakra, but then there's also like your human heart. Like there's something really profound about the heart itself. Um, so I think that like a friend that you haven't talked to on the phone for a long time, if you haven't been in relationship with your heart for a while, a year, 10 years, it takes a little time to get back in there. Or if you and who didn't, you know, experienced a fair amount of trauma growing up and you built some sort of bunker or barrier around your heart, it's going to take some time to tear that down or at least find a little crevice that you can sneak into. So it takes time. um, And it's not something that's easy to talk about because, again, it's not intellectual, but I always say, like, the, the simplest thing you can do is just start to place your hands on your heart chakra and breathe into that and just see what's there and see what's available.
1: Now... You mentioned about purpose, and I you did say share something very interesting on one of your recent podcasts about our purpose being expressed through our relationships, mm. or at least that's what I heard. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know if that's exactly the word, but that's what I yeah, heard. no, for sure. And so, in these different modalities of healing, because they really are that you practice, yes, absolutely, and then on top is. Okay, now my mind is like competing, like, who's going to be first? Um, is, you know, so you are calling in different kinds of people within each of these different healing modalities. How has that variation of practices fulfilled you in what you feel like your purpose is? Sure. Here.
0: So the first thing I would say to that is... When we think about our soul's purpose, it's usually not your job. Your job can be part of it, but your soul's purpose is basically like, what's the unique thing you're supposed to bring? Like, what wasn't here before you got here, and what do you need to leave here after you're gone? That's basically your purpose, and then you can express that a myriad ways, right? Like, I'm expressing it with you right now, just having this podcast, or I express it when I'm like, you know— spending solo time with my dog or I express it when I'm teaching a Pilates class so for me even though the modalities are different and they have to be different because I'm an Aquarius and I get bored very easily and so I like to learn and I like to see all different things I'm doing the same thing whether I'm giving a tarot reading or holding space for a healing or teaching people how to journey or even this podcast for me I'm building an empire of earth-based empowerment I love that and that's the through line for me. And and I had to give myself, I call that the story of my life. And it will probably change at some point, but it's working pretty good right now. And I'm trying to empower people based on their relationship with the earth. And your body is a mini earth.
1: God, as you're talking, my like third eye is like rapid fire lasers at you i love it yeah
0: but that's the thing about coming back to the body is that when we come back to the body when we tend to the body we're tending our relationship with the earth when you eat food when you drink water when you rest or when you exert yourself when you come into contact with your breath these are all ways into the microcosm of your body that connects you to the macrocosm that is you know this planet that we call home
1: i love that okay so to add on to that yeah. yes people there's more yeah You have, would you say, an alter ego?
0: Yeah, that's how I have been calling her. An alter ego? She's an alter ego.
1: Uh, Brendana,
0: Brendana Summer,
1: Brendana Summer, can you share about Brendana Summer? Yeah, absolutely.
0: Brendana Summer is the Empress of self empowerment. She is a uh, she's a Leo sun. She's a Taurus moon, and she's a Libra rising with Pluto in the first house, like you. Oh. So transformation, transformation is apparent in the, you know in the person, and she is the vessel through which I'm able to say and do things that this Brandon form doesn't necessarily permit as easily. Like, you know, and as I have allowed her more and more room to live in my life, there's definitely... uh emerging a, a blending that happens you know like she kind of sneaks out of me sometimes and and my you know wisdom can sneak into her as well but really she's a vessel for performance and for storytelling and for healing and she came about well, the origin story of Brandon is when I was seven years old. Because oh my gosh, that, I yeah, knew that. so we were living in this house, and we had this like clear Lucite wine bucket, and I would put the wine bucket on my head because I was like a wild seven-year-old. And the wine bucket had like two big handles that kind of looked like earrings, and I would run around the house with this like thing on my head, acting like a crazy person. And my grandmother, my father's mother, would say, "Oh, Brandonna's here." Oh, she I named me. That. I know. And I would run around the house and just, I, you know, I was just acting like, you know, I was just a crazy person. And so then. Maybe in my mid-20s, after I had gotten into relationship and I felt safe and held in relationship, I was able to explore this kind of long—I don't want to say dormant because I've always been gay as fuck— but drag is a different thing. And to step into real feminine energy, even though I actually think that in some ways drag has taught me how to be more of a man— Because even though I'm dressing up as a woman, I've actually had to pick up more power. um, And I actually have to be stronger sometimes than, like, being a woman is hard as fuck. I'm sure you know. And to pretend to be a woman is also very challenging. And it actually feels almost like a more masculine practice in some ways. Brandonna, actually, like her speaking voice is lower than my speaking voice. Oh,
1: can I say hi to her?
0: Yeah, let's see if we can get her in here. Oh, I didn't see you there. Hi, honey. Oh,
1: my gosh, I love
0: Oh, her. so nice to meet you.
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: So she's this, this, you know... But the, the other thing that I have to say, like, the more and more I talk about her, is, like, I'm pretend, too. Like, you're pretend. Okay,
1: so this is something I... Right? Like,
0: Brandon Alter is, is a character in okay, the world. That,
1: this is very interesting. So I feel... And this is just my own awareness and then seeing everybody else around me. I think you having this quote unquote altered, you know, personality altered. Now I'm trying to use it for everything. It's, it's another part of you. I think sometimes it's like everybody, it's like, it feels like this false entitled, like be whoever you want, but not like that. Totally. So it's like. You know, somebody sees you in one mood or you're going through one thing and they really want to label you that this is who you are, this one thing. And you're like, actually, that's just like one of the pieces of who I am. And I think sometimes we like, I don't I forget, I feel like I've seen these quotes before and I'm, I'm just botching it up. But like, you know, there's many different people within us. I just And I think what's really great with what you've done is you've given her a name. Mm -hmm. You've given her a place. And she has a purpose. And a purpose, and she's being seen. Mm -hmm. And I also think, so I totally agree about being difficult being a woman, but I also think for men, I feel like there's a tremendous amount of pressure for men to have to be a certain way. And I feel that as much as we are stepping into finally acknowledging, you know, Women and, and starting to step into a matriarchal society. I think we have to also include men in that process as well, because one cannot exist without the other. We need we need masculine. We need feminine. They need to be together.
0: And regardless of what you have going on downstairs, you got both.
1: Exactly.
0: Everybody's got both.
1: Totally. Everybody
0: so I, is their own unique just, combination.
1: Exactly. So I just feel sometimes, you know, um, you know, people have talked about. You know, we talk about the masks we wear, but I think as much as pressures have been put on women, I think also just being in, I think patriarchy has hurt men as well. Like, you know, you're telling men that they have to be this one way. They're not a man unless they do and show up like this. Totally. Whereas women, we have this long jury list of expectations. Whereas I feel like, and call me out if you think I'm total bullshit here, but like, I feel like men have almost like a short list of expectations and this is what it means to be a man. Yeah. And this is what it—it's
0: like three like. things.
1: Yeah, it's like three things. The woman is like, here's your hundreds of lists of things, and if you piss off our three, you know, list, then that's the end. But I just—I really want to acknowledge that that you have done that because that's really giving people permission to do that for themselves. Because mm. I—I think you know, I mean, we all want to be seen. We all want permission to show up, you know, in a way that is filling our soul's purpose, but also is fun and playful.
0: Duh. Yeah. Yeah. And she's, and I always have so much fun when I get to embody her. And it's part of my spiritual practice. Like, I, there's a little ritual I do after the makeup and after the hair and after the nails are on. And there's a little ritual I do, and I call in the spirit of the goddess. I mean, that's really what Brandana is all about. Is and that's why I am kind of a perfectionist around her makeup and the clothes and everything. But it's because I'm creating the temple for the goddess to embody. And the work that Brandana does because she's very funny and she seems fake, which puts people at ease because they're like, okay, it's like it's a character. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, the doors open. And I find that people are actually much more able to receive the truths that I have to share than if they come to, like, a class I'm teaching or even listening to this podcast. Like, if you come in and you're just like, oh, look at this, like, beautiful woman who's going to, like, tell us funny stories about her life and sing some songs. And then before you know it, you know, you're talking about some really deep things. I'm, I'm working on her show, her next show right now, called Brenda a Summer Healing Through Living.
1: Oh, this is amazing.
0: And uh, it's her one-woman show. And it's all about, you know, my journey of healing but through her perspective.
1: I love this.
0: Because we share, you know, we share a life, we share an imagination. So whatever happens to me also happens to her and then how she interprets it gives me perspective.
1: Do you feel that she's been a great ally for you in when things are not so rosy and cheerful and there's like serious personal things that you're working through?
0: Yeah. I mean, sometimes I'll think, like, what would Brandonna do in this situation? Although it's not always relevant because the thing about Brandon is that she's richer than the goddess herself. So sometimes <laughs> what Brandonna would do is not something I can actually do. <laughs> you know like, what I mean? Uh, like, she'd great. be like, honey, just get on a private plane and head to the south of France for a month. And I'm like, well, for you, maybe. <laughs> oh, my God. So it's... Uh, but yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and I really do think there is something... You know, I write for her, but there's something mystical that happens like when she is... It's a different presence. It is a fully different presence. Um, and that's fun that we all can play with that.
1: Do you feel sometimes you're, except I know you're also a shaman, and do you feel sometimes more connected to spirit when you're embodying her than when you're doing your own personal practice?
0: No, not necessarily. And I will say, um, I don't call myself a shaman just because... I feel like that's a really big word that I haven't okay. quite. Okay, okay, um, I, I just. No, 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 and I and, I and I and I just... appreciate no, and I and you know, they always say like you don't call yourself a shaman like other people call you a shaman, so I'm I'm totally cool okay, with so pe- you no know, people can call me whatever the fuck they want to call me, but for myself, I think of myself as like a shamanic practitioner. Okay. And I perform you know some shamanic services you mm-hmm. know like things that a shaman like would that. do, but I'm definitely. You know, I'm a baby I'm a baby shamanic practitioner. I've only been doing like it for five shaman. years. With my
1: my kitty clash, I call him a baby shaman.
0: Yeah. But and I I'm, I get that. And I actually just uh, discovered this book um, called The Magic of the Ordinary and Rediscovering the Shamanism uh, the Shamanic Roots in Judaism. Oh fascinating. Which I think is really interesting because I am Jewish and I grew up, you know, in a reformed Jewish household. But when my spiritual awakening happened, I moved so far away from Judaism. And then only, you know, in the past five seven years in deepening my studies of the tarot have i gotten into kabbalah and started to kind of pull out the threads of mysticism and the fact is that judaism kind of knew what was going on and if we think about the jewish people as these like wanderers they were shamanic as fuck, you know, but we've lost that. And so this book is kind of um...
1: Yeah, because I think even I've been trying to, um, what's the classic uh, tarot deck that everybody has? The... Oh, the Rider Waite. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I remember, doesn't even the High Priestess card have the Torah in it? Yep. Yeah, that's very interesting to me.
0: So there's a lot so and the and this guy who's writing the book he says what I'm trying to do is empower people to not abandon their own spiritual traditions for whatever seems more appealing. And I think that's very interesting because of course I'm also very drawn to Native American, you know, spirituality or particularly South American spirituality, Peruvian spirituality and yet to realize that for this lifetime my ancestors are jews (laughs) like there's no there's no getting around that and our ancestors are literally the greatest source of power and encouragement and magic that we have available to us so my you know one of the things i'm doing right now is continuing to deepen my relationship with with the jewish magic and the jewish mysticism and learning what is that because that's what i have you know a right to and then i think back to you know, Jewish ceremonies and things, and, and they are quite shamanic in the sense like they, they use all the elements, right? Like even Shabbat, which is just like, you know, welcoming, well, like the, the queen of the Sabbath, actually, um, which is like this sacred, you know, it's, it's the day of rest, essentially. It's the day of spirit. And the little ceremony you do for that is you light the candles, fire, and you drink wine, Water, And you break bread, earth, and you say blessings and prayers, air. Like you've got the whole thing going on there already. It's not arbitrary.
1: Yeah. Again, I think that also gives people permission to combine whatever feels good to them.
0: Totally. I remember.
1: Your practice. It's like I have to... I I mean, that is the thing that I'm constantly blown away by and so inspired by. It's like the more that I'm learning, the more that I know that I don't know anything. And also, the more... I feel empowered to combine things I like from different religions and use that together collectively.
0: Because it really is all the same. And it's just different language. And it's just important to find what resonates for you. And then it's not about knowing it so much as it's about experiencing it.
1: Why do you think people get so stuck on um, identifying with, you know, I am this part of this religion or I am this type of person. Why do you think we get stuck on Feeling so quick to identify with something?
0: Oh, such a good question. I think because we're scared and it makes us feel safe and contained if we can identify that. You know, you go, well, I'm, I only, you know, do this thing. And then that protects you from the unknown, or, you know, the ineffable experiences that happen to us. When at the end of the day, spirituality is just your bridge into the vast psychic soup. You know, when you're in the world of spirit, you don't have control, you know, all you have is acceptance and surrender. And so that's one reason that's coming to me off the top of my head, why people are, you know, it's because they're scared. And so they want to kind of, Hold themselves together Do in you that think way.
1: They're scared, and also it makes them feel seen and included, mm. like part of totally. Something?
0: Yeah, of course. Because if you're a Kundalini yogi and you get together with a bunch of other Kundalini yogis, it's like me and my gay friends. It's like okay, like we we all have the same language. We can all communicate in the same way. We have you know similar experiences, now. which is fine. Yeah. I'm not dogging yeah. it.
1: No, but don't you think now just with... Because obviously there's a new wave of everybody... There's a lot of people are having their spiritual awakening now, Mm -hmm. like recently. Yeah. And I feel more than ever, everybody is craving a sense of community. Mm Mm-hmm. However that shows up. Yeah. Like, I feel like I've seen that for sure. Yeah, and
0: we've never been more isolated.
1: Yeah. Uh, Oh, uh, completely. It's like to... In real life, like, I love... For the fact that I've gone to Pilates with you, like, uh, I've gone to the classes you've taught for, like, over a year or so, and we talk or whatever, but, like, I love that you are here in real life sitting yeah. across from me. It just makes me like so happy.
0: And I'll tell you, you know, cause I've taught Pilates for 10 years and I've lived in the same neighborhood for about 10 years and I walk the dog and I run into people from my past. And to be honest, I don't always remember who they are cause I've taught Pilates for 10 years and you know, yeah. like in one day I go through 30 clients. So yes. I don't always remember everybody, but just to people are like, Oh, Hey, Brando. Oh, there's, you're my Pilates Like it, that feels like community to me.
1: Absolutely. It and is. that
0: reminds me like, Oh, right. We used to live in like tribes.
1: Totally.
0: And there was no, there was no, like, I'm depressed, I'm isolating. You know what I mean? Like, if they hadn't seen you by the afternoon, someone was coming to your door and being like, are you okay? Because we are, I mean, I think as human beings, like, we're supposed to be together.
1: Oh, absolutely. Sorry, it's just... Are you a little uncomfortable?
0: That was just hurting me. No. I
1: I was like... I was like, what's happening? Um, happening? I put a crown on Brandon because it felt good. <laughs> it was gorgeous. It was, it was competing. Uh, with I his loved wearing it. And he was really trying to make it work. And then he just was like, I have to surrender that my heart and body says that this doesn't feel good anymore. Yeah,
0: literally just my skull was like, this is too much pressure. But Brandana would love to borrow this.
1: Oh, totally. It'd be
0: so gorgeous. Some sort of like um, high priestess. It
1: is very high priestess. It's my, so now it's going to be really embarrassing. um, But like I have, so I have this uh, crown. I think it's Lochi that has made it. I forget. I need to look it up. I think it's L-O-S-C-H-Y. I'm pretty sure that's who made it. I have to look it up now, Um, which I can put in show notes, a link to it. I have this fabulous this crown and then sometimes when i have creative calls when i'm up for like big ad jobs i put it on and i like laugh. now i've totally exposed myself but sometimes i put it on and i just feel like fucking amazing okay. and i'm like super empowered i'm on a call i'm like i got a crown on nobody knows Now everybody knows
0: um okay I, i'm so glad you actually brought that up because that's something i would love to talk about which is the power of ritual
1: oh ritual Ugh, I because love that's
0: because that's a ritual right there oh my there.
1: god i do ritual like i do ritual before i love rituals
0: but I think some people get afraid of ritual because they're like, I don't know what I'm doing and it feels like it has to be this big thing. But literally the act of putting on a crown before you sit down to take a call because it makes you feel more empowered is ritual. Yes. And I guarantee you the more you put that crown on, the more you do a ritual. I, I want to write this thing called ritual is residual, which basically just means like the more you do it, the more impactful it is. Mm-hmm. It just builds momentum. And the other thing I say about ritual is that it's a, it's a spiritual play that you're putting on for yourself. So whatever makes you feel, so play, like it's playful, but it's, you know, it's a little performance that you're putting on to call in spirit, to empower yourself for whatever it is that you need. Okay,
1: So speaking of ritual, I'm so, I love ritual. I have little rituals for like everything. I am fascinated by people's morning ritual. Mm. So I would love to know what is your morning, morning ritual as a, if I could speak English.
0: So my morning ritual is very much in flux right now. Okay. Um, which is but what's
1: your ideal like
0: you know it always changes yeah. you know i was very disciplined with a morning ritual for about two years and i and it was a very it was like a 90 minute morning ritual and i needed it at that point in my life and then i fell away from it because it needed to be changed and i haven't quite found what the new like recipe is but um i would do breath work for at least 20 minutes. And then I would do a series of like visualization practices to ground and to clear and just to open up my channel. And then I would pull some cards and do a little like stuff at my ancestral altar. And then, and it it was very kind of like rigid and it had to be for those two years. And now I'm starting to feel like, okay, I think the most important thing, Brandon, is that you give yourself at least 50 minutes, five zero in the morning, you go into the spirit room, which is what we call the second bedroom, and you just tune in what do I need this morning? Because for me, it's very easy to get into something a little bit dogmatic. And for some people, I know that's helpful, like do the same thing every day. But for me, I'm realizing, okay, well, I don't need the same thing every day. Like some mornings, I need to move my body, not rest my body. Some mornings, I need cards. Some mornings, I just need to sit in silent meditation, or I need to spend 30 minutes crying at my ancestral altar or whatever it is. So I'm trying to Capricorn moon. She's a hard moon. She really likes to control and contain and and create to-do lists. And I'm trying to give myself a little bit more Aquarian permission in the morning to just, okay, well, if you wake up early enough and you have the space and just kind of see.
1: I love that. I'm definitely somebody, I have my different morning rituals that I change up. But one of my favorite things, I really find pleasure in it, is when I'm traveling or I meet somebody new and whatever their little rituals are, I love trying things on. Yeah. It just, it really is exciting to me.
0: Pluto in the first house.
1: Oh, my God, I didn't even connect that.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, my God, I totally didn't connect that.
0: Transformation through identity.
1: Oh, shut the front door. (laughs) I didn't even think that. I, like, I am so, like it's like a weird fact like I like to know what uh like yeah I love knowing what people's morning rituals are
0: yeah but for me I would say like for anyone listening I think the most important thing you can do every morning is to make sure to ground give yourself Mm -hmm. a grounding practice which for me is just literally visualizing roots growing down all the way through all the layers of the earth um and I think it's important to like I don't know like some sort of like I go like goddess direct my day goddess direct my day. Something where you let yourself off the hook a little bit that you don't have to be in charge. You can be present and grounded and surrender to where spirit would have you go. And I think those are the two most important things you can do in the morning.
1: Absolutely. What is something you wish somebody would ask you or what's a question you are like wish that somebody would ask you? Oh, wow. It could be, like, family, it could be yeah. a friend, it could be on a podcast, it could be anything. Let me... Like, let me... something that you're yearning to be asked.
0: What I heard was, how is your heart, actually? Which makes sense because, how are you is, we say it all the time, but we don't mean it.
1: Okay, Brandon, how is your heart?
0: So, my heart is opening, and it's opening through pain right now because, uh, my dog, while he's going to be totally fine for the last six weeks has been going through this cancer journey. Um, and I, and my husband have been going through it right alongside him and it has brought about, uh, what's called anticipatory grief, which is when you grieve before somebody or something has passed because you know, it's going to happen. And I think for me, this whole process is, A deepening of my relationship with death as an ally not an enemy and like I was saying to Angel and my therapist and anybody that listen you know like I know my mom's gonna die like I know that's gonna happen at some point like she's older than me she gave birth to me like there will be a moment at some point where she's no longer here and that just is that's just part of the game that we're playing here as earth beings and even though intellectually I know that dogs don't live as humans I had not, until this sickness happened, until this illness, this disease, I had not really started to accept that my dog, the thing I love more than anything on this planet, is not going to be here. Probably for, you know, more than five to seven years at this point. And while I can talk about that and be like kind of like calm and collected right now, how my body and my heart is experiencing that right now is... Beyond anything I have experienced in some time. Do you
1: feel that specifically? To note back to you know, you're talking about how we know intellectually that you know our parents are going to pass.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you think
1: it's because when you have a pet or an animal that you're connected to that way, that it is such a different level? It is a heart connection. It is not intellectual. It is not. It's.
0: It's a pure. It's a pure love. Exchange. Yeah.
1: Exchange. Do you think I I? I just, I'm asking myself that, like... That I think that's of, part like, of it. Yeah. I mean, you're not able to talk to your... Do- like, I mean, you talk to your doctor. I mean,
0: even though I do. I sit him down and I go, oh, I no, totally. che. I'm like, this is what's happening. Yeah. I just want you to know, like...
1: Um, oh, I totally you're going through co- radiation. Guys. I like, pick him up. They're like squiggly. <laughs> I'm like, you will receive my love. Totally.
0: Um, and I do think... I mean, we... Angel and I, we hired an amazing pet psychic, and she said, actually, the way to communicate with your pets is through the images you're using in your head. Your animals can see the images in your head. So... I'm trying to be very responsible with the images that I show him, you know? Don't you
1: think it's really sweet too when even though your pet may be in pain, that they know immediately that your heart is in pain? hmm And that, that just like blows my mind and heart that yeah. animals are that connected to us and we're not even, you know, it's like on such a deeper level.
0: Yeah, Eckhart Tolle calls them guardians of being. Ugh. meaning that, like, they guard the present moment because that's all they have.
1: It's so true.
0: And so they, they can only feel what's there in the moment. Um, but it's been a very uh, – so, yeah, so my heart is opening, which was my – I do – you know, every year I'll do a year ahead spread for myself where I pull a card for yeah. every month of the year and then one card for the center. Mm-hmm. And the card I got for the center of the year was the Page of Cups – And to me, in my tarot practice, I think of pages, they open energy and they ground energy. And so cups is all about, you know, water, the water of your life, the things in your life that flow. So it's emotion and intuition. And so for me, the page of cups is really about like opening the heart. And so my challenge, and I don't know if I've fully stepped into it, but this year it's about like wherever I go saying like, hi, I'm Brandon Alter and here's my heart. Like really trying to make it more available and more accessible and so back in january when i was like oh i'm gonna have a year of heart opening how amazing how fun is this gonna be and then 20 days later my dog gets diagnosed with cancer and i was like oh right
1: don't you think page of cups also in this um particular you know when we're thinking about it is also connected with you know the beginners like beginner's mind like to go into page like new like you're like, like a new way of viewing your expansion of your heart.
0: Mm. That's like, interesting. Like a new
1: way. Not that it's like... It's so open that it is expanding in new ways that have never been explored before.
0: Totally. Yeah, no, that's very interesting. I. I. I you see me hesitate because... Uh, I think the pages get a bad reputation in the sense that like people think of them as beginners, like that they're like. Oh,
1: see, as soon as you and, said it, I thought like beginners mine. But, yeah, yeah,
0: and I think pages because the, all of the court cards are masters. Like they've made it through ace through ten. So if you get through if you get through ace mm-hmm. through ten, you're a master in my book. But I think the pages are integrating everything they've learned. So it's like when you've graduated from college and you've got all this knowledge, but how are you actually going to like? you know, make it grow corn, essentially. Yeah. And so the pages, and and no matter what suit they're in, they're learning how to integrate everything they've learned so that, yes, it is a beginner's mind in a way, because you can know everything in terms of, like, practice. But then, you know, like, you can know how to compose an image. Yeah. But then you get out there, and you're like, well, I just have to be in the present moment, and I just have to figure it out on the fly.
1: But even you just, I feel like, uh, tied it into um, the integration part. So you're integrating, you just shared that, it's a deep love and pain that you have not experienced before yeah so it's like integrating i'm
0: integrating it into my body but also that, yeah. integrating it into how i can hold space for other exactly.
1: people as well i think it's yeah it's really interesting
0: because the other thing i I know as a healer is that i can really and a teacher i can really only lead where i have followed Absolutely. So while I can hold space for people that have many different issues, it's really what I have been able to heal successfully in myself where I'm the most able to lead other people forwards. So through this, you know, process with Noche and and everything that it's been teaching me, which, you know, I could talk about it for a very long time, um, is about, you know, giving me some more mastery, helping me to kind of follow this road so that I'll be able to show others how to get down there as well.
1: And then also I would imagine like whatever present. Moment that you felt with your dog that it's even more heightened now?
0: Oh my gosh. I mean, I just only, all I want to do is just spend time with him and just like love on him. And I know it probably sounds like I'm talking about him like he's like some old dog. He's like, he's like eight or nine and he's a terrier. So, you know, he could live to be, you know, 15, 18 or what have you. And he's so energetic. But it's just, I know in my bones now that like this is, this is all temporary. And the truth is, all of this is temporary. But I don't know. They always say, like, death is hardest for the living, right? Like, when I die, I'll be, like, immediately with all my spirit buddies. Like, I'm going to be happy as a clam. But everybody that I leave behind is going to be in pain.
1: It's interesting because I've recently... um, I have some good friends that lost a friend, and I knew him. But I've been like this since I was little. When people pass away, I am not... I'm upset for the people that are in pain,
0: but not for the person. That I'm not passes. at all for
1: the person that has de- like I'm like oh, okay, they're here with their crew on the other side, yeah, and I have to be careful because because sometimes it can come across insensitive, as insensitive, but but I'm actually highly sensitive, and so I feel more pain for those that are like in deep pain. Obviously, being an empath, I'm like I feel everything totally, um, but. I really appreciate you sharing that. I know it's still very new, and it's still something that's being, pro- uh, you know, processed and still processing.
0: But it's good for me to. Be in the process of this yeah. and like sharing the process of it because totally. again my capricorn moon like will usually only wants to share things like ask angel i'm such a fucking like perfectionist in terms of like like i'll write songs and he and he won't even hear them until the show happens because i'm so contained it's like i don't want anyone to see it or even glimpse it until it's totally ready and that's not life <laughs> you know yeah, like
1: but I, I think so learning uh, yeah. how to be
0: messier more vulnerable Messy. and I think yeah. showing myself when I don't have the answer when I haven't gotten the nugget at the end I'm just still somewhere in the middle of the woods And which being again like,
1: to me I know I, I, I'm really not that knowledgeable about tarot but just intuitively like when you say page of cups I'm like it's a whole new like a, a new cup a yeah. whole new cup of like having to integrate something that you have not experienced before yeah and I just think it's really wonderful that you've shared this. I know it's going to connect with people, and also, the um, I, I it's the first time I've asked that question. Like, what are you like yearning to be asked? Yeah. And it's like, how is your heart? Like, I think that's really beautiful.
0: It opens up a window. Just just saying that word, I think, changes the nature of what you're asking. Because I can ask like, how are you or how's work? But if I go, how's your heart?
1: Well, I'm gonna ask you my next question, which is something I ask strangers because I find I can't handle small talk. It's like very painful to me. Like I literally, I, I don't know if it's like my Mercury and Pisces, I'm like, I just, I, it's like painful.
0: Oh, me. wow. Yeah yeah probably because I, I, like no, like, I was just thinking no i was just because small talk is very hard for me as well and i have mercury in aquarius but in the pisces house so maybe yeah. mercury and pisces are in the 12th house means like just a, a lack of patience for I, small talk
1: maybe yeah i i do have like i mean it's terrible because this is where my ear that's like it's very apparent on my face like i can't hide like i'm the worst liar ever
0: oh my gosh me too is like, that an aries thing my
1: I, I think it is like i'm a horrible liar like i like even my best friend, Amanda, she'll be like, just to, just say this. I'm like, I can't. Like, I, like it's not even a big deal. No, totally. I'm such a good at two-shoes. Like, literally, so, I'm like, I lied. Like, if I lie to you, five minutes ago, I'll be like, I lied. I lied to you. That's so funny. Like, or if I think I made something up that I, like, want to project that want to happen, I'm, I'm convinced. I'm like, I don't know if I made this up. Or, like, mm-hmm. If you think it's bitchy, I'm joking. Totally. But my point is, as I saw something shiny, I went up there. Um is I cannot handle small talk and I can't stand when people are like drudgery about the fucking news and all the sad shit that's happening because I feel like everybody's connect not everybody I'm generalizing but a lot of times people connect in like bitching Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: so like it's so fascinating to me when I'm in an elevator and somebody's asking me some bullshit questions or whatnot I go like what is lighting you up right now
0: I love that. Like, what are you excited about?
1: So let me ask, yeah, what are you excited about? What is lighting you up, Brandon?
0: So many things are lighting me up right now, honestly. I mean, that book I was talking about is, like, really lighting me up. I'm excited to go back home and kind of dive into that. Um,
1: And Snuggle
0: Time. Snuggle Time is definitely lighting me up. Um possibility just possibility in general is lighting me up right now because there's a lot of things in flux right now in my life which is that we have to move by the end of the year and so that's opening up this whole other portal because we've lived in the same place for eight years so it's like this whole other thing so that's lighting me up like all this possibility like I actually saw a house in Joshua Tree on Zillow the other day and I was like do I mean I would move to Joshua Tree in a minute but I don't know if angel can make that happen for work and whatnot but I know I was like oh my gosh like I'm I'm just so possibility is lighting me up and then the the sweet whispers of spring are lighting me up because this has been a very cold and a very wet winter and so just the fact that like it's gonna be 79 degrees on Sunday and that like there are all these butterflies
1: oh my god I totally noticed butterflies yesterday
0: it's today I was almost like attacked by like Do you know what a group of butterflies is called, by the way? What? A kaleidoscope.
1: I did not know that. A
0: kaleidoscope of butterflies or a flutter. Isn't that amazing?
1: I love that. I did not know that. So I
0: was almost attacked by a kaleidoscope of butterflies. And that that was really lighting me up too. Because it's just like, you know, it's been cold and dark and wet.
1: I've definitely felt this past year more in alignment with the seasons than ever before. And I have recently adopted... The idea of that everything in our life happens in seasons. Mm -hmm. Like there's different focuses on different elements in our life and, you know, we can have it all, but it all shifts in different timing and divine timing within those seasons. Um, Yeah. So I'm really excited that you have shared that with us. And I also just want to take a second to really honor you for the work that you're doing. I really honor how you show up for yourself, how you empower all those around you to show up for themselves and really lead with their heart. I think we need to have that conversation more. How is your heart? So I really, really appreciate you coming on here. I appreciate your vulnerability and your honesty and your like heartfelt truth being shared for the listeners that are going to be hearing this. and um, you know, I'd like to think of them as our friends that are listening. And if you disagree with everything that was said, then you can just, you know, (laughs) bless you. (laughs) You (laughs) But I just really want to honor you for all that. Thank you. Thank you for seeing
0: me. I appreciate that very much. Thank you. Yeah.
1: That's a wrap for today on the Healer Dealer podcast. If you like this episode, it would mean the world to me if you could leave a review, let me know what you loved about it and pass along to your family and friends. Thank you so much for being here. Hope to see you next time. Cheers.